White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 593. 10, 9, 8, 7, ignition sequence started, all engines are started. We have ignition, 2, 1, 0, we have a liftoff. We have a liftoff and it's lighting up the area. It's just like daylight here at Kennedy Space Center. The second five is moving off the tail. It is now clear to the top. Bobby Polite is with us, and Susie Polite is with us. We have a full house of Polites. Perry Constantine is with us, and of course, the great Bobby Nash. I can't leave home without him. Here he is again. I'm Van Allen Plexico, and we are at the Hoover Sci-Fi and Fantasy Fest 2021. It's amazing how we haven't, haven't even left our homes, and yet here we are in Birmingham. Birmingham looks good this time of year. It's nice. It's cool. It's it's us in SEC Media Days. I, I, I pick us. Um, and uh, tonight, we're going to cover all three of the Disney Plus MCU shows so far. Oh, and we have a, I almost, we almost left the station without Jim. Jim pops in. Hey, there's Jim. Hey. All right. Our last second edition. All right. So we're going to roll right along here. I want you guys to be succinct if we can. We're going to, we're going to cover a lot of material in a short amount of time here for this convention. So let's go around the horn and talk and, and just tell everybody who you are. Start with Bobby Polite and we're going to work our way around here. Hi, I'm Bobby Polite. Uh, I co-created the Sentinels with Van and occasionally helping with plots on some of his books, which is awesome. Susie. I am Susie Polite. I am married to that sexy guy. And I have been a podcast producer for a very long time. And I also work with Goodman Games doing their online conventions. And then in my day job, I sell campers. But I love watching Marvel stuff. There we go. Bobby Nash. Hi, I'm Bobby Nash. I'm an author of... But more importantly to tonight's festivity or today's festivities, I am a longtime Marvel fan who is very excited to see these characters on, on, on my screens. Perry. I'm Percival Constantine. I am an author as well. I do urban fantasy and uh, pulp stuff. And I also host the Superhero Cinephiles podcast, Japan on Film podcast, and soon uh, E for Evolution, examining Grant Morrison's X-Men. Oh, nice. Very cool. And... <laughs> Jim Yel- that is Jim Yelton for the uninfo- uh, the uninitiated. Uh, introduce yourself, Jim. Uh, I'm Jim Yelton. I am a radio talk show host who, uh, for a number of years, has hosted the uh, Geek Universe with Jim Yelton, uh, syndicated radio show, and uh, like all of these other people, I uh, dabble in writing occasionally and uh, show up at conventions just to ramble on about all of my favorite things. We ramble on. That's what we do. All right. So... Uh, first up, I want to kind of talk big picture and we'll go around the horn and get everybody's thoughts on this. I feel like this, this is new. There, there's something new in the universe with the MCU TV shows because we felt a little bit of it with the Netflix TV shows with Daredevil and Jessica Jones and all that, the Punisher. But this is, seems like it's going to a whole nother level. This is almost like, um, mini movies. You know, this is like actual Marvel movies that we get spaced out you know, over several hours, over a period of a couple of months. So um, I just kind of want to go around and, and and see what you guys think about what, what do you think about that phenomenon? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And what are they doing right? And what are they doing wrong? Kind of in general, then we're going to get into specific about the shows. Bobby, please. Uh, I think it's a great thing. I, I love the fact that you get a deep dive into some of the characters. I mean, one of the things that I disliked most about uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch in the movies was you just got little tiny scenes of their romance, but no real reason it happened or anything like that. So it was nice to see those characters together and to get more uh, depth on those characters. And the same with the other the other shows. And if they keep what they're doing, um, I think I'm going to like them as much, if not more, than the movies. There you go. Hot take number one from Bobby. Good deal. Susie, what are you, what's your thoughts? Well, I, like Bobby, I really enjoying finding out more about these characters, especially since I wasn't a comic book reader. So I'm finding out all of the lore and everything through the MCU. And now this extended universe they've got on Disney. And I'm really appreciating that they can spend a lot more time on these 
characters that are really important in in the history of Marvel. And they can introduce it to folks like me who didn't follow the comic books growing up and stuff. And I get to enjoy watching Bobby get excited when he sees things tie back in the way that, you know, to stories that, that were in the comic books over the years. So that's a lot of fun. And to see what they're doing differently. Yeah, absolutely. Bobby Nash, your thoughts? I imagine if that Bobby's anything like me, there's a lot of, <gasps> you know, <laughs> uh, I agree. I, I love these shows. I love the fact that because they are TV shows that we can get into deeper character things where we can have episodes that does not require a fight or a battle scene or any kind of action. Um, I love that we can get into these characters and I love that they're focusing on guys, uh, characters who are not the big three, you know, the fact that vision and Scarlet witch who I've loved for, since the seventies have their own show. And for a while there was like the thing people were talking about, you know, if you'd have told me that when I was a teenager, I would have laughed at you. So the fact that they're taking and giving us great character explorations and stories with these characters, I think is a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Perry, your thoughts. One of the big strengths with the comics has been basically that they're, they're soap operas with superheroes. That's always been what one of the strengths have been, especially when you go back to Claremont's X-Men or, or Stan Lee's Spider-Man is it's always been that those character building stuff in between all the big action set pieces. And while the movies are great because they give us those big action set pieces, we don't get to dive really into these characters as much. And so if you told me back when Age of Ultron came out, that eventually we'd see people talking about Vision and Scarlet Witch and we'd get a deep dive into their romance, I'd have told you you were insane. I'm like, they're never going to have time to focus on those characters. And now we've gotten nine episodes that really delve deep into who these characters are, what their relationship is, why it works. And that's one of the strengths you can do in that serial storytelling format. And you don't have the same room to do that in the movies. So I think it's a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, <laughs> Jim, yeah. I know so, you, last but not least. Yeah. Um, so I think this is a good thing overall. I mean, we've talked about it uh, recently that, you know, it seems like with, especially with the streaming services, uh, we've kind of cracked the code on how to do this type of a show in this format where you're not trying to stretch it into like a five year long five season story arc with like 150 episodes, like the shorter seasons really do benefit this kind of storytelling because, you know, like everybody has said, like these are mini movies featuring characters that we probably wouldn't have gotten an actual movie on a big screen for. So, you know, whether it's Falcon and the winter soldier or vision and Scarlet, Witch, or, you know, even with Loki most recently, through what's coming up later on in the year, like we're going to get like these really cool deep dives into characters that we've only got glimpses of in all of the big screen properties. So I think that's really cool. But also I think it really allows Marvel to expand their storytelling a little bit. Like I wonder if we would have gotten the sheer number of Disney plus shows that we're going to get, if not, for everything we've gone through over the last year and a half. Um, you know, Marvel's had to change their schedule a little bit. And I think these shows are really helping kind of bridge the gap in between movies now. So where as a fan, you know, we would have to wait, you know, at the beginning of the MCU a year in between movies. And then it became like six months in between movies. And now they're pushing the envelope with giving us three or four movies a year there's still that time frame in between where we don't have anything. Like we go see a movie and then we have to wait three or four months for the next part of the saga. And now we don't, now they can use these, these shows to fill in the gap, so to speak, and give us a wider Marvel universe. And, and I think that's really cool. And I think that for my, for my part, there's not a lot of properties that you could do this and pull this off with. And, and I think star Wars to a degree has been proving that you can't, there's only so far you can stretch out and milk to mix my metaphors a property, but Marvel is so big and so diverse and there's so much that you can do the amount of content that they're doing and not make people sick of it in a year. And I think that 
it worked out. The timing, I mean, clearly God is a Marvel fan <laughs> because the timing of COVID couldn't have been better for Marvel. We got everything all the way up through the last two movies. We got Endgame and the Spider-Man movie. And then, boom, we get a enforced extra year of nothing but TV shows just as they're rolling out their TV shows. I mean, they couldn't have planned it any better. And there it went, right? So, it, I mean, and now that we start coming, getting to go back to theaters, we've had a little break. We've watched the TV shows. Now, my other point quickly I was going to make about this is to kind of pick up on several things that you guys said. I think that these shows represent, in some ways, the culmination of everything television has been evolving toward for decades. Because you think back to when we were kids, and I know I was always, like, trying to get my peers and, and adults to, like, appreciate Marvel back in the 70s and 80s, and they, oh, that's just kid stuff. It's stupid. Like, if you would just read the story, you would see, because the stuff that back then was on TV and movies was so dumbed down. I'm always trying to explain to them back then, the comics are way more intelligent than the movies and the TV shows. And so now we've we've got, we're getting material on movies and TV that is of the same quality level as the comics, if not better these days, um, arguably. And we've got the streaming model with multiple, multiple, multiple channels and platforms. You couldn't have done this with ABC, NBC, and CBS. You've got the money with Disney. You've got so much support for it. Um, and you've got, you've gone from like the 20 or 30 episodes a season model of a few years ago to where it's cool to do six, eight, 10 episodes and, and maybe be done forever or for a year. And you got all these different trends that all have come together in one point, I would say Nexus, but that's a whole other company, to produce to produce the Marvel TV shows. So any follow-up thoughts on that? I think I think too the one of the important things too remember is doing them in this fashion, you're able to have a singular vision, you know, pardon the pun, for each uh show because you've got the same person writing and directing all of the episodes. They're putting it together or most of the episode, but they're putting it together Unlike where if, if you were on ABC doing 22 episodes a season, you're filming and then multiple people are, are figuring out the rest of the episodes as, as you go. Well, and, and it helps, too, that you have a singular vision at the top with Kevin Feige. Yes. I mean, it reminds me a lot of Jim Shooter being editor-in-chief in the 70s at Marvel. You know, people didn't like the fact that he enforced a continuity in the way he did, but it made the stories a lot better. Mm -hmm. So but something else, too. Sorry, Susie, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, another thing is that with these TV shows being in shorter duration, they're actually getting to explore doing different genre takes as well, mm -hmm. you know, because you're getting, you know, the comedy romance or you're getting more of a, a, a action thriller or with Loki, almost like a, a Doctor Who type mystery. And because they're in these shorter chunks, you can... You can go down that path, but then they all still tie into, you know, superhero fantasy. So it's it's a fun way for them to experiment as well. Absolutely, Perry. And the the streaming model too, uh, like picking up on something Jim, I think it was Jim who said earlier, is that one of the problems, one of the weaknesses of the the Netflix Marvel shows is that they always had this soggy middle where it felt like a lot of navel gazing was going on. Um, and then they had to, you know, it's like you had one story per season. You had to stretch that story out to 10 or 13 episodes, but these shows, you know, they can have only, you know, six episodes in the case of Falcon and winter soldier and Loki, and they can only do one season. Like we only got one season of WandaVision. We only got one season of um, Falcon and winter soldier. We're getting a season two of Loki, but only because of, it ended up having to be split because of COVID. Um, so they can do these very tight stories and almost it's very much like the taking it back to comics, the limited series model that you had in comic books. Yeah. 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 It's also very reminiscent of how uh, British TV has done for so long. Mm -hmm. If we only need six episodes to tell this story, that's what we're doing. Not you've got 20 film, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, very hey, much I, like they did with Sherlock and stuff on there. You know, you can right. tell a really tight story in six episodes, and it's still a pretty explosive story because that's the equivalent of like a, a six-hour movie. And or even you know the the old days when we used to have the mini series that would be a huge event on TV. Mm -hmm. It's that style again. So you don't have that squishy middle anymore, which is nice. Mm -hmm. That does bring the mini series back around, Bobby. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was going to say I appreciate the smaller commitment. I mean, I haven't watched a, a full season TV show since The Flash, and you can only watch so many episodes of him trying to run faster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been, I told Perry this other day when we did the show, I've been binge watching the original Perry Mason after I watched the HBO updated version and loved it so much. I'm like, I got to go back and watch the original. And I, and I say that the first season, after like a month, my wife is like, well, what season are you on now? I'm like, first, because there's 40. <laughs> 40 hours in the first season. And I'm like, you could do everything Marvel is probably ever going to do and have time left over with 40 episodes. Well, at least for the next few years. All right. My next, my next question for you guys. And this is just, um, just a fun one. What is your favorite of the three so far and why? And if you want to follow up with what is the best thing about it? Maybe or what, what? What did you notice about it that made it so good that you don't think other people notice? So, which let's start. Which one is your favorite? However far you want to explore that, and I'm going to go the other way around this time, Jim. So, this is going to come as a surprise to you. As, as many conversations as we've had about the MCU over the years of these three shows, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is my least favorite of the three. Wow! And it's it's really a tie between the other two as to which one's my favorite, because I like them both equally for different reasons. Like I, I was blown away by WandaVision from the get go because of the approach they took to the show itself and how each episode was a, a different decade of sitcom. And they were using those sitcom tropes to explore the characters and it wasn't just like a gimmick to get people to watch it. Like rewatching that show is vastly more enjoyable than the first time I watched it because I can pick out all of the really cool things that they do within the sitcom format for each decade as the show progresses. And, you know, up to the, the opening credits being different for each episode and yeah. them really going the extra mile to make it a, a homage to all of the classic sitcoms and at the same time be a truly unique Marvel show. And the fact that that was their first streaming show out of the gate for Disney Plus, uh, I think was genius because it really set the bar high for everything that came after it. But then Loki is, is just a completely different animal because A, it's not what I was expecting and they used it the way that I was expecting them to use all of these shows to be its own thing, but also it set up bigger things for the big screen MCU. And so as Loki was unfolding, you know, as fans, we can all look at it and go, well, I think I know what's coming and it's not good. And <laughs> when you get to that final episode and you see uh, this character that they've been leading you towards for five episodes finally show up on the screen and it it is who we were expecting and yet it's not who we were expecting. And Jonathan Majors is amazing in that last episode. Like this guy blew me away with his approach to this character and it really set the table for I think everything that we've got coming up in the MCU from, from that episode on, not just in the Disney plus shows, but all of the movies too. So it's, it's really hard for me to pick a favorite because you know, they're all great, but the, the, the bookends, the WandaVision and Loki on either side, you know, really show what they could do with these shows. Good deal. Barry, what do you think? Um, I was thinking about this, ever since we had planned this episode and uh, I keep, I kept going back and forth between WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. But ultimately I think it's, I think WandaVision gets the edge because of all these shows, none of them consistently week after week had gave me a, Oh my God, look at that moment. Like WandaVision did like every single week, my wife is, hears me scream and she runs in. She's like, what happened? I'm like, it's white vision. It's white vision. And she looks at me like I'm crazy. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Bobby, Bobby Nash. I, uh, you know, I, what Falcon and Winter Soldier is, you know, like, like I, my favorite of the movies to date is still Winter Soldier. And so I, I do love those characters 
and I love that thriller format. However, I will give the nod also to, to WandaVision because it was so unique and different and you didn't know what to expect. And they surprised me frequently. And I just, yeah, there's a, there's just so much in there that, that took me by surprise. That was not what I was expecting from a, a TV series. And uh, yeah, so that it gets the nod for that. And I will say, I'll give it to uh, you know Loki a little nod too for giving me the Loki from the comics I grew up with in the form of Richard E. Grant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, that's cool. Susie, what do you think? Well, I once again I loved Wandavision because it was so creative, it was so different, it was ridiculously nostalgic for for folks of our generation who grew up watching all of those shows, and I my college age daughter is even. You know, she was saying, I'm really happy I got some of those references. I didn't get all of them, but I I watched enough of that stuff to get them all. And I was like, yeah, I got pretty much everything. And it was such a creative approach to storytelling that I was just blown away in the, the music every time. And it just really pulled me into that story for these characters that I hadn't had much, you know, interaction with. And, um, I mean, I, I very much enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I'm very happy they were able to spend that much time talking about the the development of, you know, Sam going from being the Falcon to becoming the new Cap. But it's like, uh, it, it, and Loki was really interesting because I had no idea where that was going other than, you know, I had heard about, you know, some version of Kang coming in, but I had no concept of what that meant. So watching it, it was constantly a, where are they going with this? <laughs> but WandaVision was just beautifully told and creatively just amazing. And then the more I learn about how they did stuff behind the scenes, the more impressed I get as well, because they filmed it in front of a live audience at the beginning and they did so much actual wire work and it's just pretty amazing. So I have to say WandaVision's my favorite, but all three of them are awesome. So that seems to be the trend that we're going in. And I was, I have to admit, by the way, I was curious about your thoughts in particular, not as being as familiar with some of it going way back as others. And so that's that's particularly interesting because I think the rest of us, to a certain degree, that nostalgia factor plays so much into it. It's like Perry said, we're spending half the time enjoying the story, but the other half is like, oh, it's that person. Oh, it's that character. You know, and certainly I did that a lot through, through Loki for sure. Uh, Bobby P., what do you think about, favorite and why um well i i liked all three uh, I'll at least yeah. I'll oh, say yeah. that. um i think my favorite this this will come as a little bit of shock after thinking about it because i grumbled through the first five episodes of this show i absolutely was just annoyed partly because the main character is not one of my favorite characters but the way it wrapped up with whatever version of maybe immortus that was yeah. made me just love loki and I want to go back and watch the whole thing again. Um, it's probably the only one of the of the three series that I want to watch sooner than later. Um, my only knock against WandaVision is by the time it got to the end and we got out of the sitcom nature of it, it felt formula and I knew kind of where it was going and I could envision what the end was going to be. But at least they gave me the vision back. I mean, because you knew he was dead the moment he got the gem in his forehead based on what was going to go on. And I, I want to see that Vision Scarlet Witch uh, romance at some point culminate properly. Um, now, to the middle story, the one that um, that I actually have the hardest time remembering right now, but I love the end episode. I thought Sam deserved to be Captain America at the end. I loved his speech, and it gave me Batrock back. So what can I complain about? <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. So. Um, I have thought about it for days and I still have no answer. I'm, I'm, I know I'm bad, but I, here's the thing. I mean, WandaVision gave us a combination of characters we love and wanted to see more of, and this unexpected, wacky sitcom parody thing over at least the first two or three, four episodes. And so it's, it's combining something that we're familiar with and love with something that's kind of like, Oh, that's interesting. Oh, is that what they're doing? You know, you're just constant sense. The first month of that show is like, oh, I can't. Oh, interesting. So, so that had that going for it. Falcon Winter Soldier to me was a great James Bond TV show. 
it, gadgets and normal humans running around doing stuff. Although Winter Soldier, I, I guess he's cap level, but they, they bounce him off walls and stuff that should break all of his ribs. But anyway, um, I, everything about that show was put together so well. By the way, you also have a little crossover like in WandaVision. We had um, Monica Rambeau showing up from Captain Marvel, which was unexpected and awesome. And then I guess with Loki, and I, I'm, I guess I'm going to just transition over to my second question here, which is what is your least favorite and why? With the caveat that I think we all loved all three of them to some degree. I don't think anybody here is like, I hated that one, man. I'm ready. And I don't try. No. But we're just saying levels of love. Which one is the one that you're like, let me sit down and talk to the, to the showrunner. And here's what I would have done. Maybe here's a couple of suggestions. Right. And um, Loki had to me in some ways, Loki had the highest highs and the lowest lows because it, it gave us all these wonderful Easter eggs and wonderful setting up of future things. And I mean, for, for Kang alone, touchdown, you know, but on the other hand, I never got a sense that it was, it, it, it always seemed like it was kind of going in a circle. It never kind of went in a straight line. Every episode went down a different rabbit hole, but it never, I guess for a show about time and space travel, it didn't have to be linear. And it wasn't. <laughs> it was, so it was the one, I guess I found it the most frustrating because both its strength and its weakness was that it just was all over the place. It was all over the place in a good way. It was all over the place in a bad way. <laughs> I'm still sorting that out. So um, let's go around again. Jim, What? which one do you feel like needed a little help? You you, you could sit down with the showrunner and kind of improve it just a little bit. And how? So, so I, I said when we were talking about our favorites that surprisingly Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I felt, was like the weaker of the three. And I, I totally get your criticism of Loki, but... Um, I, I kind of still put it a, a little bit above Falcon and the Winter Soldier because a, a couple of things. One, we all knew where Falcon and the Winter Soldier was going to end up. Like, we knew that last episode was going to be a disappointment if Sam didn't officially become Captain America, right? I mean, we we don't know if any of these shows are getting second seasons going into it. I mean, we know Loki's getting season two now because they announced it. But, you know, we didn't think there was going to be a second season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, I assume they're setting this up. They're using the series to make Sam Captain America so that moving forward in MCU movies, we know who Cap is. And we need a strong reason to believe that Sam Wilson is able to carry on the mantle of Steve Rogers, right? So it's all leading up to that speech in the last episode because the speech is what makes him Captain America. It's not that he's carrying the shield. It's not that he's a superhero because none of that made Steve Rogers Captain America. And for Sam to get to that speech is the whole show. So I felt like, you know, we were talking earlier about how some, you know, the shorter runs of these shows allow you to not have filler episodes. And I felt like there were huge chunks in the middle of Falcon and the Winter Soldier that were nothing but just filling time to get you to that last episode. Like this very easily could have been a two hour movie to get Sam into the Captain America role. And they were just using Disney plus as a reason to give us a six hour version of that story instead of a two hour version. I, I love the six hour version because it did give us a lot of cool stuff. I, I love the interaction between <laughs> Sam and Bucky, I'll never get tired of it. I've loved it since the first time they were sitting in a car together with Steve. I mean, yeah. it's just, they, they have that dynamic. Um, I love the fact, and you, you and I have talked about this. Like, this gave me the Zemo that I've been waiting for for a long time. I mean, it, Baron Zemo is one of my all-time favorite villains in the MCU. So it was great seeing Daniel Brühl back. I loved Wyatt Russell playing John Walker. I love that we're probably going to get more of him in the future. But other than that, like I felt like introducing Carly Morgenthal and the, the flag smashers was like a wasted opportunity. If you're just going to kill her off. I mean, it just, to me, there was a lot more that they could have done with the story, given the fact that we kind of knew what the end game for it was. Yeah. And, um, you made me think of something, but I forget it. So I'll, I'll hold that thought. But um, 
Perry, what did you think about was the weakest one and, and kind of how would you suggest that they could have fixed it? Um, okay, so I, I did love all three of them, but I think the one that I was kind of, it felt more like, it's it was more like, oh, well, it's it's that time of week, it's time to watch it, then, oh my God, I can't wait to see the next episode, was was Loki. I felt Loki was kind of a little bit, um, a little bit more slower and there, and it felt like there wasn't a whole lot of, character development it felt like it took us six episodes to get loki from the point in um an end game at the end of a, the first avengers movie to um to where he got at the end of the series it felt like thor ragnarok did the exact same thing in a shorter amount of time and because the so it, it just feels like we're kind of retreading the same ground a lot and even though it was fun to to retread it um because tom hiddleston is amazing and and i also love the whole idea of He's such a narcissist that his true love is himself. <laughs> um, but and I and I love the whole everything with King in the last episode. I loved all of that, and I loved Owen Wilson and and all the the wackiness they had on. But it just it didn't felt as transformational as WandaVision did and Falcon Winter Soldier. So so that was the one that I think was probably the weakest for me. And what Jim made me think of that I remember now about is that. John Walker served an important purpose in that show, I thought, because, Jim, you were saying how it's not the powers and the shield and everything that makes Captain America Captain America. And I love the idea that we got this guy that by on paper should have been the perfect replacement Captain America. And he was not at all. And so he served such a great uh, use usefulness in showing the audience that you can seem like the perfect you know, guy, but it's what's, it's what's in your heart. It's what's in your soul that makes Captain America what he is. And Sam had that regardless of super soldier serum or whatever. And, and, and John Walker, as good of a guy as he probably was to start with before things started messing with him, you know, when it, you know, uh, really wasn't Bobby Nash. What do you think? Uh, about yeah, it was, it was definitely a case of power corrupting because, you know, mm -hmm. Walker suddenly, you know, had the power to do what he wanted and, you know, it's just what he wanted to do with it was not, not the right thing. Um, I hope that we continue to see more of that character as well. I, I love what he eventually becomes in the comics, and I would like to see us kind of get there in the show. Um, of the three, I think I, I'm probably going to agree with Perry that probably Loki. Um, I remember before finding out there was a season two, I was a little disappointed when we got to the end and we really hadn't wrapped it. We hadn't completed the story. That we had that there were, you know, we didn't really, there was a lot of cool stuff, but it didn't feel like a story yet. Mm -hmm. And um, now I'm hoping once we get season two, it'll feel like a full completed story. But that was, that was kind of my big thing is it just felt like, you know, we got a bunch of cool things going on here and then we just stop. And so I would love to have seen some, at least, you know, some, you know, resolutions to some things in there. Uh, but there's, I, I will admit that I, you know, there's a lot to love in that show. I, I um, you know, that, fa that last episode is fantastic. Um, for, for one, it's just three people talking to each other for most of the hour. It's absolutely riveting what they're saying. Um, but like I said earlier, you know, I finally got my Loki, you know, to, to see my Loki in there. We got to see the Thanos copter, we got to see a live action Thor as a frog. So there's a lot of cool stuff like that. Voiced by Chris Hemsworth too. Yes, voiced by Chris Hemsworth. Yes. And so a lot of cool, cool stuff in there. But yeah, I would have loved to have, you know, and for those of us who travel to Atlanta every Labor Day weekend, there was a lot of cool, hey, I know that place. Hey, I know that place. Yes, there was. So, That's yeah. Crazy. That was almost distracting. A little bit, yes. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of want to get me a variant jacket just to wear to DragonCon this year. Every, everybody in the Marriott this year is going to be wearing a freaking TVA. If the Tennessee Valley Authority sold souvenirs, they've sold out already. But uh, I, I will say this too, in terms of favorite things about Loki, and this is not something that's in the story, but based on the comics is that, Oh, and you know, the character of Mobius and TVA in the comics is very much based on Mark Grunewald, the, the creator of Mark Grunewald who had passed away and they made Mobius and all of the, in the comics, all of the TVA, they all look like him mm -hmm. and they they really did a good job of making Owen Wilson look like Mark Grunewald. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to say, I, if somebody doesn't go into the Marriott before DragonCon starts and put up those, 
at least pictures of those giant statues around the elevator. <laughs> That's what I really, I just really want to see. I, you know, so I keep thinking every time somebody mentions Mark Grunewald, I kind of freak out a little bit because this is going to sound weird, but it's 100 percent true. I have part of Mark Grunewald's body behind me. <laughs> yeah, his 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 his, uh, his ashes were mixed in with the ink for the mm-hmm. Eternals. Yeah, first printing of Squadron Supreme, which Squadron is right Supreme, over, yes. over there. Yeah, that's not creepy at all, Susie. On that note, <laughs> on that <laughs> note, that's hard to follow up with. Oh, I know. Uh, I have to say that uh, there were parts of Falcon and Winter Soldier in the middle where, yeah, I felt like maybe they got a, a little lost, or I tend to get kind of swept away with the story because uh, Steve Rogers is my favorite character in in the MCU, and so the thought of anybody replacing him as Cap is hard. And so uh, when they when they brought in, um, you know, the the wrong cap, basically, I'm like, you're, you're bringing in the wrong guy. And so I kind of had an emotional reaction to no, 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 that's not what he would do. Oh, she hated him. <laughs> <laughs> My wife had the same reaction too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so so I had a hard time with that, but I kept going, all right, where does he go? You know, I, I kept asking what happens in the comic books, you know, where is this going? But I was really happy with Sam at the end. So the middle had a little down for me. Then it was back up. But then watching Loki, you know, there were there were some episodes where you're like, I don't know where this is going. It's cool. It's interesting. But there was there was definitely when they ended up on Lamentis, it felt very much like have we all of a sudden started watching Doctor Who? Because yes, what's going on? And that's okay. Bobby was hating hating uh, Loki, so he was going. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> But uh, that's why his turnaround at the end was so epic because it's like, oh, wow, then I got what I wanted. So both of them had a little dips in the middle, but then then came back up. So, yeah, there were things to fix, but they're still way better than most everything else on TV right now. So there we go. It's true. Bobby, what do you think? So um, even though I think that uh, uh, WandaVision had a kind of lackluster ending, at least the way it was presented. Um, I think uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, actually, I'm going to agree, the middle of it dragged. I don't know why we introduced Madripoor and Sharon Carter. That could have been completely cut out, and it wouldn't have made a difference. Um, the connection between her and and Flag Smasher, or Carly Morgenthau, just seemed like it was tacked in there. Um so I guess I forgive a lot of it because for me, it was more about watching the journey of Sam and him deciding that he actually can be cap. I love the fact that he gave up the shield at the beginning and what came out of that. And the fact that he got to see the wrong person pick up that shield. That was important. Very important. Um, so I, I guess I'm that I'm remembering the highlights of it and not the low points. Um, uh, so I thought Plus Sam was, was I thought Sam was a little naive to believe when he when he gave them the shield that no one else would use it. But it, but it did work yeah. in his character. It did work to his character's, you know, advantage in the story, but yeah. Well, and he had everybody telling him, "Don't do that." Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, but but I but I looking at it from the character's point of view, I mean, if that was any of us and we had been partners with Steve no, I, I, you know, I can understand how he thinks I'm not worthy of this. I, I'm not Steve, you know, I, right. so I get that from his character's perspective. So I do think one of the best things to come out of that series was seeing Sam, Sam's character evolve from where he is at the beginning to where he ends up in that final episode. And I think it makes Sam a much, much stronger character. And he was already a pretty strong character to begin with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward whether they do a Captain America four or if they roll him into another Avengers film because it feels like they're going to set up another Avengers film with what's coming up in Hawkeye and that kind of stuff. So I'm, I think they've I'm already confirmed Cap four. Cap four. Oh, yeah. okay. I'd heard that, but yeah. Well, we definitely need an Aven- another Avengers movie, and I can't imagine what studio would say. You know, we've done four movies that are actually officially called the same thing. And each of them has made between one and two billion dollars. Oh, and one of them is the all-time beat Avatar. 
yeah, we should probably make another one of those. You know, I mean, I know we killed the two or got rid of the two main, you know, characters, but Young yeah. Avengers, man, they're there. Let's let's get it done. Um, and you got, you know, Kang is an important part of the Young Avengers, so it worked out really well. I I think that, like I said, Loki had the highest highs and for me also the lowest lows because as Bobby Nash was pointing out, there are great portions of Loki that are conversations and they're really good conversations, but they're, there's just a lot of conversations. And I think going into that show, I was hoping that we would get more mischievous kind of evil Loki doing cool stuff before he got captured. And then like, see, and somebody else mentioned this a minute ago, Loki, original Loki that we were following, I don't know how to call him this, how to call them to describe him. Original Loki went through a journey and became a better person right before Thanos killed him. And so we were having to start all over. What the audience wanted was that Loki that you came to really love and, and, and you know, admire to a certain degree, respect to a certain degree, because he wasn't the evil, selfish jerk that he'd been in the earlier movies. But the the TV show had to start out with that Loki, the the mean, trying to conquer the world Loki. So the very first thing they had to do was put Loki into rehab and make him into the Loki we wanted to watch again. And I felt like they tried to cram that into one episode through conversations when instead they could have played that out over two or three episodes and it wouldn't have felt like filler. It would have felt like watching him evolve again, but in a different way, because I really, we, we, we talked about this on the Earth Station One show the other night, we, what we kind of wanted was D.B. Cooper, cosmic D.B. Cooper, jumping out of airplanes with bags of cash and stuff. And we didn't get very much of that. And I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that. So it ended up, it just felt like the Loki show. Again, I loved it, loved it, loved it. But it felt like it was like um, Marvel, talk, Marvel, talk, talk, Doctor Who, talk, <laughs> Doctor Who, talk. And I, that's good stuff, but I just felt like maybe... Oh. You know, I'm just, I'm just remember, surprised. Uh, we, yeah, go we, ahead, Bobby, Bobby, and then, and then Jim. Sorry, I'm we, we got, we got long conversational scenes of Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston going against each other, <laughs> yeah. picking, picking at each other's nerves, and I, I actually like those parts. So um, they were, they were great conversations. Good chemistry, yeah. Yeah, so, I didn't. I didn't really notice the lack of action in Loki, to be honest. Band- the D.B. Cooper thing. Oh, sorry, Jim. Go ahead. You, you may remember, like, when they announced these shows, that we had a conversation, and I said, this needs to be, like, the dark version of Doctor Who. And <laughs> what what they gave us was not the dark version of Doctor Who, but a different version of Doctor Who. Like, it's, it's and, and when they end up on an alien planet that's getting ready to have an apocalypse, and they need to figure out a way to get off of it, I was like, did they just hire Doctor Who writers to write this episode because they made the show Doctor Who. This is not the show that I wanted to see. This is a show that I've already seen before. Yeah, that's fair enough. Perry, what did you... Uh, the D.B. Cooper thing kind of disappointed me because we saw that in the trailers, and I thought, you know, kind of like you mentioned, we would see Loki going through time and, you know, causing and being up to shenanigans and all of that, and then it just turns out it's this one little flashback thing. So that was kind of a letdown for me. Yeah, it, it, it does seem like they forgot at times that they were trying to give us the Loki we knew from mm-hmm multiple movies they they seem to sometimes forget that only a day earlier in the timeline of the show he had tried to take over the earth (laughs) he led an alien invasion on the earth like a day before they kind of forget that yeah (laughs) giving a reichstag speech yeah you know Uh, that's true that's true um so i want to just go around the horn really quickly here let's say we're in our last we got 14 minutes to go um a quick, quick thought of of all the storylines that have been kind of left hanging now, which one do you want to see played out in a movie? Let me start with Bobby Polite around going around the other way this time. So of all the storylines we've seen in these shows, we know that some of them are going to go over to the movies. What are you wanting to see in the, in the movies that will address it? Oh, good Lord. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, I, I've been enjoying the TV shows. I don't want to get it. Like I, my, my initial thought of what I want to see played out is I want to see a resolution to Scarlet Witch and Vision, but I don't know if I want that to be in a Doctor Strange movie because mm. um, they they can't possibly give it enough time. 
Um, So that was going to be my answer. I'll go ahead and say now is I want to see the return of the vision that we love and the two of them getting back together and maybe Dr. Strange curing her of whatever, you know, issues she has. She goes to the doctor. See, Um, but, but I agree with you. I hadn't thought of it that way. That is a, is a two hour movie that also has to include a lot of Dr. Strange and a lot of villain, presumably. Um, I, I, I really don't know that any of it just screams, put it in a movie for me. Um, right now. I mean, I, I went and saw Black Widow. I enjoyed it. It was not as good as I'd hoped it would be. Um, and all I came out of it with is I can't wait to see Yelena Belova in Hawkeye. So yeah. I'm back to wanting to see the TV series. That's so. interesting. All right, Susie, what do you think? I'm kind of like Bobby in the sense that I'm excited to see the TV series. Um, if only because we're getting these little, these little deep dives into things and uh, I'm actually really excited to see uh, Peggy sorry, Carter in I What If. So, sorry, watch starts talking. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see to see Peggy Carter uh, come in and be um, Captain Britain. So I'm excited about that. But as far as the storylines from from these shows, I am really interested to see where they go with uh, with. Sam and Bucky after this, you know, and, and just, you know, how things get resolved and what happens with uh, Wyatt when he comes back and, and everything. So I'm curious about that. And um, I am excited because as a person who didn't know the comic books, I didn't understand the full implications of what happened at the end of Loki until I got it explained to me. And then it's like, Oh, that touches everything coming from now on. So uh, I, I'm really excited to see because I love I love the connections. I mean, we tried really hard to have all those connections, even back in Agents of Shield, tying in with the events. Um, you know, when Hydra came in and took over Shield and stuff. So I love it when shows and uh, you know, TV shows and movies really tie in and, and call back to each other. So. I'm just enjoying the ride, honestly. Absolutely. Bobby, you, I, let me modify it just slightly for you last three guys. So what storyline are you just wanting to see the most kind of continued and resolved, maybe the show or the movie then? Well, I, I definitely, I want to see more of, of Sam as Cap and Bucky together. I think they're a great team. Um, They've grown from two guys that hate each other to two guys that begrudgingly love one another. It's uh, and I and they both have that same thing in common. They have the best friend in common, and I so I would love to see just more of them. And and we know, you know, from what they've told us, you know, with Wanda being in the Doctor Strange movie about a multiverse and Loki being about bringing back the multiverse, that they're obviously going to be connected in some way. But, you know, um, I do hope that if, you know, Wanda is going to be a part of that movie, I would love to see a re, uh, her reunited with the vision in some way. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Perry, what do you think? Um, I keep going back and forth, but I think in the movie wise, I would, I want definitely want to see more with Kang, like even way back before, Disney got the Fox stuff back. I was saying like, you know, it would be awesome if Kang could be the big bad after Thanos. Cause I think that's the only way you can go bigger than the infinity gauntlet is go multiversal. But um, also though, I think I, I want to see more of white vision. I want to see where his story goes next. And I just love uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. We haven't mentioned her yet, but oh, yeah. that, that was like probably my favorite moment in in Falcon and Winter Soldier was seeing her turn up. And I, I lost my, I lost it completely when I saw her on screen and just where they're going with um, Walker becoming us agent and uh, Elena at the end of black widow uh, echoes going to be introduced in the Hawkeye movie. You had Zemo in Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, who knows what's going on with white vision. Now it kind of seems like they're leading down a dark Avengers path, which would be really cool to see. So I think maybe that's probably what I'm most interested in seeing where they go with Dark Avengers or if that's what they're planning on doing. Yeah, kind of a Thunderbolts, Dark Avengers, mm-hmm. all the same. It all works. Yeah, absolutely. I I, 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 I agree. I, I, feel, I felt the whole reason that Thunderbolt Ross was in Black Widow was just to make that connection. Because mm-hmm. that really, he could have been played, any character could have played yeah. what he does in that movie. The fact that it's him, I think, is just keeping him in our minds because I think that's where they're going. Good point. 
Uh, Jim, what do you think? You know, what's really cool about where we're at with the MCU now is that it, un, unlike the first couple of phases that were all leading to Infinity War and Endgame in some way, shape, or form, there's about four different things that are really big that are all being set up now in all these different properties. Like, we've got a... a possibility of a Thunderbolts Dark Avengers thing on the horizon. We've got this multiversal war that's on the horizon, which in my head, like if I'm Kevin Feige, I'm saying to myself, multiversal war leads to secret wars. Like we're that's the way you get to secret wars. That's the only thing that's bigger than Infinity War is figuring out how to do that. And is is that the way that you can bring back Tony Stark and Steve and do a secret wars with them being Cap and Iron Man, but not really Cap and Iron Man. So, I mean, there's lots of cool stuff happening. They've Pluck got them out of the time these, stream. They've got all these things that they're seeding for Young Avengers. They've got stuff that's on the horizon that we haven't even seen on Disney Plus yet that could lead to more stuff. So, for me, the one thing I'm looking forward to the most is something that. I think surprised some people, but not everybody. When WandaVision came out, I think a lot of us were surprised with just how much Elizabeth Olsen brought to Wanda and the relationship and chemistry that her and Paul Bettany have is amazing. And we only got glimpses of it in the movies. And so I hope that Dr. Strange two opens the door for more of that coming down the pike because we know all the action and and heavy drama plot that they're seeding is going to be awesome no matter what they do but it's all the character stuff that i think we all really are starting to get invested in now yeah 100 percent. bobby did you have a uh, bobby audio your audio is out yeah whoops sorry i took a drink <laughs> so i had muted myself um i uh one of the things that i'm excited about with kang and even the tva even though that was a little after my time is is a, and with the multi-dimensional aspect of this, is it? it it's pushing that FF thing. I, yeah. I want the Fantastic Four to come in, and I want you know, like the 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 way the time machine door looked was very reminiscent of Doctor Doom's time machine. And I'm like, okay, yeah. that's I, bigger than Thanos to me. Is yeah. if you get Doctor Doom into this, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I would just like to add too, you know, I remember when when One Division was out. There was all of this speculation of Mephisto, Mephisto, Mephisto. It seemed like <laughs> yeah. every week, Mephisto, Mephisto. We get into Falcon and Winter Soldier. You even heard a little bit of it there. We get into Loki. We actually see the devil in the stained glass. Not a mention of Mephisto anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. You also got to mention about the – I love how they had the, the troll in WandaVision, how they trolled all the fan theorists – by turning by having the other Quicksilver come in for literally yes. being a boner joke, mm-hmm. right? That was great. That was so. That to me, I think, was the single most shocking moment in all three of them for me, and that's saying something. Now, Alligator Loki was probably number one, but right after Alligator Loki was probably <laughs> was probably other Quicksilver because I'm having to explain to to my daughter and my wife. I'm like, you know, because they'd seen them, but they didn't. I'm like, no, that's the other Quicksilver, <laughs> you know. So. That was, I thought that was a stroke of genius and was brilliant. All right, we got time for one last question. And it's the question we've got to end with Who has won Disney Plus Marvel so far? Jim, who has won the MCU on Disney Plus so far? Um, Kevin Feige, because this was all his <laughs> idea. And, and, well, and, and I say that like tongue in cheek, but, but not completely tongue in cheek, because the thing Kevin Feige did with these Disney Plus shows is he completely closed the door on the Marvel TV division. And he didn't have anything to do with any of the ABC shows, you know, whether it was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the the aborted attempt to do the Inhumans on TV. He didn't really have a hand in any of the Netflix properties because that was like a separate part of Disney and Marvel. And he made a huge power play and said, if we're going to do these things, then I need to have control over everything. 
And that's why it's worked on the big screen. And that's why we're only having limited success on TV. And so when Disney kind of opened the coffers and said, we're doing the streaming service, we need to have Star Wars content. We need to have Pixar content. We need Marvel content because that's the only way we're going to get people to pony up money every month. We have to constantly have something new for them to watch. Kevin Feige yeah. was smart enough to know we have 10,000 characters in the Marvel universe and we can do a show using each and every one of them. Including and the so, movie. you know, that's, that's who I think won was Kevin Feige because Marvel is at a point now where he's indispensable. Like he's made yeah. himself indispensable. Blank check. Blank check. Perry, Perry, who won the MCU on Disney Plus so far? Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. She got her own theme song and everything. And like she was just, <laughs> she was brilliant in every single scene. Catherine Hahn definitely won it for me. There you go. Very nice. Very nice. Bobby Nash. Me. <laughs> you know, I got some of these characters I've loved for decades, you know that I can sit in the comfort of my living room and watch and love. And, you know, I think that, you know, and I say that kind of as a joke, but I mean, I think we as fans really are the winner here. I love the fact that we're getting TV shows with these characters that wouldn't have made a blip on any network's radar. You know, ABC would never have attempted Loki, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So the fact that we, the fans, are the winners. You know, I also love the fact that I went and saw Black Widow in the theater and I came home the next day going, man, I want to see that again. So I watched it at home the next day. Oh, there you go. I love. So the fact that we can do that, I think makes the fans, the winners. We really are. Susie, who is the winner so far? Um, goodness. Y'all have taken most of my answers because I mean, <laughs> Catherine Hahn was pretty doggone amazing in there. And I really do hope they bring her back again because I just, she did an amazing job. Um, uh, I, I think some of the some of the characters that you know were side characters but didn't get to do as much in movies that got to come in and do things like this. Like we were excited to see Jimmy Woo and Darcy Lewis in there. And yeah. you know, with them and Monica Rambo, I, I would watch a show with them every week doing like X Files. Absolutely. Yes. So all of these all of these people that got to come in and play parts and stuff. Um on top of the fact that, I mean, we are, we're getting this stuff, you know, they've got something for us every month for the rest of the year. So, you know, if we're all stuck at home again, at least we've got Marvel stuff. So I'm, I'm yeah, the fans, the, the, the smaller roles, um, you know, uh, I think Tayana Paris didn't know she was going to be Monica Rambo until she got in there. And so now she's getting prepared to be, Captain, you know, be on the Marvel. So I think, I think we all win. <laughs> yep. no, <laughs> doubt about it. no doubt about it. Other Bobby. Uh, I'm with these people. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how to add anything to that. I, I, I don't think I can pick any one person in a show or any one show. Um, I, I would echo uh, Bobby's answer because we got to see things we probably wouldn't have seen. I mean, little, even little things like, I got I got really excited because Batroc was coming back. When I saw that costume, I went, "Oh my god, they brought him back. That's so cool." Um, Zemo put on a purple helmet. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness. Uh, I loved I, I oh, Daniel, yeah. Daniel Bruhl's like one of my favorite actors and to have him come back as Zemo was was great. And, and then he did the theory. long cut with the dancing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I That's um great. I great. I don't even know who the actor is who played he who remains Kang Immortus, whatever. But I loved him in that last episode. I'm I'm ready for more of him in anything. So yeah, he was uh, he was one of the stars of Lovecraft Country. The Lovecraft from yeah. So, yeah, they brought him over from that. Yeah, I'm just gonna say that uh, in in conclusion here, audio issues going on. Um, but we're almost done. Uh, I think everybody's right. The correct answer is yes. You all are correct. <laughs> and I, but if I had to pick one person, honestly, I'm I'm gonna say. Um, Elizabeth Olsen, because she's the one that I think exceeded everybody's expectations more than anybody. We knew Tom Hilson would be great. We knew that Sam and, and Bucky would be great. We knew we knew from his long you know career that uh, Vision um, was going to be Paul Bettany, yeah. Paul Paul Bettany. Bettany great. Elizabeth Olsen, honestly, the first couple of Avengers movies could, that she was in, they could have had anybody. She was very kind of anonymous. But man, did she step forward and just make that show her own. 
And I think there's talk that she's going to get an Emmy nomination if she hadn't already for it, right? So that'd be cool. I mean, there you go. So, okay. Well, we are out of time. And so let's go ahead and wrap things up. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we've been Bobby, Susie, other Bobby, Barry, and Jim. I am Van Allen Puxico. Thank you, Birmingham. And we will see you guys down the road. Bye, everybody. This has been a White Rocket Entertainment production.